with Pastor Troy here. We're on the dock here every Tuesday and Thursday on the dock.org. You can find us. Our new releases are coming out Tuesdays and Thursdays. Check those out. They'll be dropping left and right. I don't know what happened to Mario there. Left and right, they're dropping every Tuesday and Thursday on the dock.org. Just repeat it just in case it dropped on you. I don't know if I stepped on my cord or something here, but we're all about conversations to propel your faith out of the shadows and into the deep. Are we all good, Lucas? We're all good to go. He can a head nod, so whatever's going on, probably like some satellite passing over or something watching us. You know. <laughs> on the dock is found at YouTube, Spotify, iTunes, Google Play, Facebook, Roku, Rumble, and SermonNet. How do you get it on Rumble? Rumble, you got to download the SermonNet app and find it on the dock with Pastor Troy channel. YouTube, Spotify, and iTunes are our main featured sites. So we want you to go find us on those places. And in YouTube, we're trying to get our subscribers up. Our next goal is 150. We got over 100 permanent subscribers. That means you're getting our stuff every week. Hit subscribe and notify. And we'd love to have you on any of those three major platforms and any of the other ones you need as well. And then we'd love to hear your social media conversation on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, Telegram, and Getter. Getter. And when you find us, hit subscribe, like, notify. We'd always love to have you as our Patreon partner. Go to our Patreon site. Go to Patreon. Download the app. And we have four partnerships levels and three levels of sponsorship. We'd love to have you as a part of our team there. Go to onthedoc.org. You can find links to all those platforms and you can find links to my Patreon as well. And you can always email us at info at onthedoc.org. I'm in the studio here with myself. I got Mother Beth to my right. How's it going, Mother Beth? I'm doing good. How are you? You're doing good? Yeah. You did good. I, I hear like my phone going off, which that's kind of one of the things we're not supposed to do. <laughs> oh, hey, it's DirecTV calling me. DirecTV wants me to get a TV again. I'm so sorry about that. I should have to put like $5 in the bucket or something. DirecTV calls me every day. You know, the NRA calls me every day. Yeah, the the, the American Red Cross calls me every day. Just block them. They, I, I, I got to show me how to do it. I'd love to get rid of some of them. I get certain calls every day. It's like, they're for, I call and I, sometimes I just bored. I go, how you doing? <laughs> how you doing? <laughs> you know, I'm so bored that, you know, my grandfather, so he, he's, uh, he's a, he, my grandfather talks to the telemarketers like, oh, somebody talk to you. He'll start asking questions, all kinds of things. So I got Beth, Mother Beth in the studio. Got Lucas over there. Lucas, how you doing over there? Techno Wizard. I'm doing great. How, how are you doing? Doing excellent, man. You're on camera. You got yep. sound today. You got video, uh, video and audio. We, yeah, good. we got all of it. Doing good, man. Sorry about my phone going off. Oh, it's okay. What happened to my microphone? It like clipped for just a second. Oh, that, that was my fault. It was, oh, you made a mistake. But it only clipped in your headphones. So it, it was totally fine. I on, didn't have to say a word thing. to anybody no. that would have never known. Nope. You're supposed to just go on like a professional in that, and I failed to be a professional. I mean, it's a podcast, so it's not, hey, not a We are not perfect here. It, we found that Lucas is only 99.99% uh, effective and safe. Uh, he's got a point zero zero. It proves he's not a robot. Yeah, yeah. We would start. <laughs> sometimes we start over every now and then, but we we don't like to do that. We just we you guys take us with our failures. You love us, right? We've got also in studio at the table our executive producer Donna Kardashian. How you doing, Donna? I'm good. I'm Don, good. Donna doing well. Can't see me. You, hey. There you go. Hey, that, there you are. <laughs> you got, got the. Hey, these are the newer cameras. Don't they look good? The new camera got light. Well, it looks like we're really lit up because we are. But the studio behind this is dark. We used to have the kind of fluorescent lights, and so I looked yellow. I looked like I was having liver failure. Yeah. Hepatitis. Hepatitis. Got a little hepatitis. <laughs> I went in the bathroom this morning and thought my whole face was jaundiced across here. I thought my liver's dying. So I don't know if I did something. I, I just, it's the, the lights in the bathroom are so bad. I'm going to have to get Lucas to install studio lights into my bathroom. Oh my. So I can do my, my hair and makeup, my I, hair and makeup. I want, I want studio lights like literally everywhere I go. So yeah. I'm so we like look glowing. good. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And I want it with like, like HD, like we got the HD here. Right. Lucas is even, we have a TV monitor. I'm pointing at our TV monitor. You can't see the top of the monitor, <laughs> but this TV is a terrible old TV. We even look good in the terrible old TV. Yeah. One of these days we're gonna get a really good new TV and we'll see how good we look. So, but we <laughs> look better. 
That, that's a terrible old TV. We look good in it. If you've got that studio glow, Lucas, can you work out like walk up music every time you walk yeah. in a door? That would be cool. He's got stuff. Oh, yeah. He's got sound effects. Yes. Yeah. I I feel like there's actually a uh, like those like smart home systems. Yes. Yeah. Probably, every time you trigger. If, yeah. If you find a programmer. Yeah. Or you know what mine would be? Yeah. Bad to the bone. <laughs> Bad to the bone. <laughs> Guys, we're here ready to do a Micah Live Humbly season two uh, on the dock. Digging Deeper series. We're in part two of that series. And we already kicked off uh, part one. Go back and check that out from last week. Micah chapter two, verses one through 13 is where we're going today in part two. We are not going to play the bumper, but we do have a bumper. So if we ever like have uncontrollable coughing, we ever feel like we're just going to pass out or we need 30 seconds to run around the studio and do something, get fresh tea or something, then I'll hit that bumper. That bumper will be ready to go. You can go check that out. If you missed the bumper, go watch part one. You can see that. Go to CFT. Uh, not see, you can go to our church website. Go to onthedoc.org. <laughs> Go to either one. Yeah, you go to either one and get there. On the Dr. G, you can go back and watch last week's episode. You can see the bumper. We have it there for you. But we're talking about the book of Micah. Micah is an Old Testament minor prophet book, but it's got some major implications. He's talking, Micah is giving a word from the Lord to the people of Jerusalem, Judah, that, that part of the nation, also to Samaria, the Israelite people. They were split nations at the time. He's giving them a word along with other nations around them that when you do not honor God and you do not live for God, God's going to hold you accountable. And what he's saying is God's fixing to hold you accountable. And he does this in three cycles. That's why I have this chart up here. Cycle one, he says, you blew it. And then right to the end of the cycle, he says, there is hope for a few of you. Here's what it's going to be. Then cycle two, the leaders you leaders led people astray, you blew it. And then he tells them, tells the people, there's a little hope here. Let me tell you how the hope is. And then cycle three, you all blew it. Everybody <laughs> together, leaders and individuals, you blew it. And then he comes back and says what the charges are. He kind of wraps up the case. And then he says, but there is hope on the horizon. And that hope, well, you'll have to come back to part seven. And Isn't find out that what the is. gospel condensed? You blew it. Here's Jesus. Yeah, here's I Jesus. When literally yeah. he's going to get to <laughs> your next hope comes in Bethlehem. And literally in Micah, mm. there's a prophecy of the hope that comes from Bethlehem. Very cool. So we're going to get there eventually. But right now, we got to get through the first cycle. We're struggling there. The first cycle blew us away because it just blasts the people then. And the more we look at it, the more we feel like it could be blasting us today because we might be compromising like they did. And if we do that, God's going to hold us responsible like they did. We use a big term in the first episode. I'm going to be using it a lot. I want to keep it defined for you. Not going to do a lot of review, but we will do review in a final summary a part eight series uh, to kind of pull it all together. But synchronizing is the word where you combine uh, two cultures, two ways, two philosophies, and you fuse it together and you, out of that comes some new stream. And what, what, what Mike is saying is that God intended for the Hebrews to live solely as a special people under the Lord and anybody they would marry in would come in and understand they're a part of that tribe and that line and that special covenant. What he said was don't marry into nations and people that will take your faith from you and add to it other faith mm -hmm. or their own culture or their own religious gods or their own morals and ethics so that you become a different people. He said, don't do that. Don't have treaties with them. Don't marry them. Don't do any of that stuff. Don't unyoke yourself because if you do that, I won't bless it. And so he basically told him to do that. But what happens by Micah's time is nation's been going on a while. We're way past King David and past Solomon were way into the Kings and they have man connived and, and deprived and they have married in and the Canaanites have come out and the wives and the husbands have met and married and they've intertweathed their faith with all kinds of worldly ungodly religions and out comes the, the climate of the time of Micah, which is an ungodly culture that has rejected God 
rejected the principles of God and are living in a way that hurts people now. So God is seeing injustice and God is saying, I'm going to reset the hard drive. I'm going to wipe out all of Samaria by Assyria. I'm going to wipe out all of Judah with Babylon. And there's just going to be a few kernels that are going to be the hope for tomorrow. That's what he's going to do. And you know, you can see where we as a nation founded by God, as I said in the previous episode, you can see where we have kind of lost that loving feeling toward God. And now we're intermarrying with all kinds of ungodly secular humanistic philosophy. And we're really kind of beginning to be something different. Now I gave an example. If you go watch part one, I hope you'll do it guys. Um, Part one uh, is all about this first level where he's just kind of laying the case out. He is going to give us a little bit of hope. It's, let me just be fair to you. We have two chapters, chapter one and two in the first section of the first cycle. Almost all of one and two are he's blasting us. He's telling us what we've done wrong and why he's going to judge us. We're going to get to a little more judgment here in a minute. But then he's going to give us two verses at the end, 12 and 13 of chapter two, where he tells us there, God is a God of hope. He's a God of life. He's actually for us, not against us. He just knows that the garden has got so much weeds in it in Judah and Samaria's time that the only way, the only way to fix this is he's got to put some Roundup down and then he's going to have to plow it under and then he's going to take a few of those seeds and he's going to bring them back after captivity and try to reestablish a new Jerusalem. And we know that's going to happen here. We know that we, in this modern culture, even with Jesus, we're going to live to the point that we fall so far away that God finally uh, he calls for judgment. And who's going, to, who's going to reign in that final time? Those that love Christ and died for Christ, they will be resurrected and they'll live with God forever and ever. So we're kind of in a rinse and repeat cycle of that right now in our own lives today. So I think we have a lot to learn from Micah, and I just hope we don't get to the point where God would, would, would pull his grace from our country, pull his grace from our, our state, our nation, our, our church, ourselves, our families, and we would be in their situation. But I fear to tell you that you can feel the synchronizing of the Church of Jesus Christ today happening even as we speak. Yeah. Can't you agree? So let me, let me give you, let me, I'm gonna give you a, an incredible example of how our society can take, and I mentioned how if Christianity is a horse and secular humanistic theology and worldview is a donkey. When you marry the two, you get a mule, which is unreproductive. It's amazing how our society can take a Christian concept, bring it to a worldly perspective, and then tell you something totally different than what it is. So let me give you an example. One of my wife's favorite groups, I, Donna, you like jars of clay, don't oh, yeah. you? You like jars of clay? Let me, let me bring up jars of clay picture here. Jars of clay, you, you say they're, are they doing stuff now? No, not doing stuff now? They're, yeah, they're doing all kinds of stuff. They're still putting stuff out? Just not producing. Not producing all stuff. Jars of Clay is one of my wife's favorite groups. I mean, just just loves Jars of Clay. And you're Megan. Uh, M Megan Megan loves it. Yeah, yeah they love it. Yeah. D Lucas, did you like Jars of Clay? Yeah. Eh, not too, yeah. not cool enough for you. Kind of. Yeah. Yeah. Lucas is that different generation. But I, I, I didn't dislike them by any means. They're just a band I just never really got into. You just you not, never yeah. really got into them? Yeah. Were Jars of Clay out of the Illinois? Were they out of... Yeah, they went. They yeah. came out of Greenville. College. Out of Greenville College, yeah. so they're they're yeah. Illinois based. In 2009, these guys wrote a song in their album, "The Long Fall Back to Earth." That you got up, and they wrote a song called, um, I think it's called. Let me get this right. Called headphones. Mm -hmm. Okay, the song's called headphones. This is in 2009 when I mean we're not now, guys. We're in 221. Everybody's got headphones. Everybody's got their little 22. We got their pods in. But back in the day, everybody that was young. It, it seemed that they had to be with an adult or a parent that had headphones on. 
If they're in the back of the car, they had headphones on. And back in those days, they were probably they were probably all wired. Lucas, were they still pretty wired? Mostly that day in two thousand nine. Oh, a hundred percent. Yeah, they were. Yeah. The, you had the big wire, so now you can't hardly tell people they have headphones. They just got little buds sticking out of their ear, like they got hearing aids. But back then, everybody had their headphones on, and if they'd be walking or running, and they're out and they're whatever doing their thing, their yoga stuff, they had their headphones on. So it was the headphone generation. He didn't and, do yoga then. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and so it was. They came out with this song called Headphones, and you know it is a hot song and listen to this jars of clay you know they're trying to make it. it's 2009 they got this hot song apple comes in the company apple apple computers i'll bring the next slide up apple comes in and says we want to buy the rights to use that song in stuff we're producing headphones and i have to be honest with you i have no idea why jars of clay sold this song to them other than it, it I mean, it must have been an offer they couldn't refuse. I mean, I mean, it must have been a really good offer. It's interesting that when they sell this, they take it to put out for a headphone commercial for the Apple iPhone. Now, I want you to listen to this commercial from 2009. Check this out. You're going to love this. Here we go, Lucas. Now, you, if, for those of you on iPod, uh, I, I, was it, Spotify or iTunes, I'm sorry you can't see this, but there's nothing but, but jigging and jagging and dancing on this thing. The whole thing's great. It's kind of, kind of like they're in different fuchsia colors and they're just, I love the one where the one's kind of bouncing across the screen though. So, I mean, it's a hopping song, isn't it? I mean, it's, I mean, it's killer. I mean, I want to go get me some wired headphones now. I want to go get plugged back up and jacked back up. And they, they used, what's interesting is they chose verse two. We watch television, but the sound is something else. Just a song played against the drama so the hurt is never felt. I take in the war fires and I'm chilled by the current events. It's so hopeless, but there's a pop song in my head. And it's like, there's bad stuff happening out there. So I'm going to put my headphones on and basically go la, 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 la. And the music's great. You just put your headphones on and you ignore all of it. You got it? Yeah. Is that what you get out of that? Yeah. Lucas, I mean, you're a young guy. Is that what you get? get yeah, you yeah, yeah. It's just like you're just not 
uh, you know, you, you kind of forget about the world and just listen. And, and that's a good thing here, yeah. it, right? So you want to get to your iPhone headphones so you can escape, escape, re, escape reality mm -hmm. and you can enjoy the world of the Apple iPhone and you can just go into your zone. It, it, you know, it's just great. What's interesting about this is the only problem it is, is they sold this song. Lucas, you're in this world better than we are. Do you think that Apple just came to them and gave them some money for the songs that we're gonna use this for commercial and that was it? Uh, yeah, probably. Yeah, large sum of money, wrote them a big check. Maybe their record company said, hey, you, they may have been forced to do it. The record company may have had certain rights to sell, but whatever it is, they go, yeah, well, it's Apple, you know? Do, do, do you think they had to approve which verse or they just probably sold the whole thing to them? Probably sold the whole thing. Uh, it, I, 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 yeah, probably. I've never heard of selling a verse. I've never, I've never heard of, I've never heard of selling a verse. So you probably bought the rights to the song and they chose verse two with, with what, what do you call that when you sing something seven times, but it's not really the course. It's kind of like a bridge. It's kind of like the bridge course, you know, here. And they just bought, use verse two and they have this seven times with my headphones on. And they just dance. I mean, great dancing. I mean, great yeah, the dancing. dancers were awesome. The dancers were awesome. Yeah. Awesome. Here's a question: Do you think those were real dancers? Are because they don't look real, but that you can you yeah. can't see. They're, I think they were. You think, I think they were real. The, you think they did it shadow? Then they converted. Yeah. Okay. okay. Yeah. yeah. But whoever did it, they were yeah, funky were dancers. I loved it. Yeah. I loved it. Cutting edge at that. They time. were cutting yeah. a cutting edge for to have wired headphones oh, and yeah. be able to produce something like that. Right I mean, Lucas, I don't see you guys putting anything like that. In, in can your, you move your like that, Lucas? Yeah. Um, I can. Your media groups need to start putting out some I'm, stuff like this. I'm not this. sure if I will do that. Yeah. Like but, in front but, of but people. But this was hot commercial. I remember seeing down, this. He goes down the hall like that. Does I, he really? I he thinks nobody's. But see, really? I, I have I have the wireless you really headphones should. now, so it's like I, I don't should. I don't get tangled up. You know. Of course. You can do crazier moves. <laughs> well, they were holding a Walkman. Did you see they had a the Walkman? Walkman yeah, it, which is an antique today. Absolutely. So, okay, so yeah. so this song by listen, this song's written by Jars of Clay. The only problem is they perversed it. They they took verse two and then they threw this chorus to it and then they get these 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 juke dancers going here, which is just great. And and they put out the exact opposite of what the actual song is intended to be. I mean the exact opposite. It's like they wrote a song to help the world see you can't live with your headphones on. You need to deal with the world. And they ended up twisting the song to say, you need headphones so you can deal with the world, but not dealing with it. Mm -hmm. So I want to show you what the song was really written for. The song, they used it at the Ryman Auditorium. I don't know if everybody knows what the Ryman is, but Lucas, you know where the Ryman is. You're in Nashville all the time doing producing stuff. Lucas spends half his life in Nashville. Ryman would be the church of, of country music, wouldn't it? Yeah, it, it's a killer venue. And, yeah. and, and, have you been in the venue? Oh, oh yeah, it's yeah, spectacular. Yeah, they they say the times. sound in there is just phenomenal. Yeah, yeah, all that, and and I mean it's old school. It's kind of built like a church, mm -hmm. but a church that was built for sound. Yeah, it has and like the natural acoustics and everything. The Ryman's yeah. where they hold the greatest things. The great, I mean, mm -hmm. it's where where you would see uh, a Dolly Parton Absolutely. or some, the greatest singers that would be introduced into the, the the National Hall of Fame, and that takes place at the Ryman. The great, the Grand Ole Opry, you know, all that stuff. And, and, and the Ryman, they're there for an event in 2000, I don't know if it's nine or 10, but it is a help Haiti live event that they're there and they're doing the song. And I, I wanted to let you hear the real song. 
and I want you to think about the lyrics of the real song and then see how this uh, equates to what Apple's telling us the song's all about. Check check out this video from the Ryman. Look at that, that's a great picture. Now, hey, we, we can't give credit to this. This is, I mean, I don't know, somebody jacked this video or something, but, but I got it, so, so, so. <laughs> Public domain. Public domain video. Uh, we appreciate whoever got it. The quality of video is not great. It's exactly what we found it in. But enjoy Jarja Clay performing headphones at the Ryman for a Help Haiti event. I think you're going to enjoy this. This is what the song was meant to really say. That is just about what we're all uh, fighting against and being here tonight and uh, watching at home. And we're trying to accomplish and uh, serving people, loving people well in, in Haiti.
at the two-star You sit down across from me I think I know you By the sad eyes that I see I want to tell you Everything will be okay But you wouldn't hear it So we go our separate you guys to think about that song here i just want to oh there we go i want to want you to think about this the lyrics for a second it starts off first one i don't have to hear it if i don't want to i can round this out pull the curtains down on you it's a heavy world it's too much for me to care if i close my eyes it's not there so put some headphones on so that's first one we didn't get verse one in the apple commercial what we got in apple one is we can watch television and, but the sound of something else, just a song played against the drama so the hurt is never felt. I, I, I take in the war fires and I'm chilled by the current events. It's so hopeless, but there's a pop song in my head. I can escape it if my parents can watch this and I can still listen to this or, or I can ignore this or that. And so all of a sudden in verse two, it feels like, okay, I can actually function. But verse one says, it's a heavy world. But then you get to at the tube stop, I sit down by you. I don't know what the tube stop is. It must be some sort of restaurant or, or gas station or whatever. No, the tube is traveling. Yeah, I guess the tube is, is, is that what the tube stops like the bus stop is. Oh, okay, I got you. I got you. Okay, thank you. At the tube stop, you sit down across from me, and I think I know you, but you've got sad eyes. And somebody, look at this, and I want to tell you why. Why? And look what he says here. Everything would be okay. I want to give you encouragement. You know, mm -hmm. maybe you want to share Christ with somebody. I don't know, but you wouldn't hear it. Why? You got your headphones on. Yeah. Because you, you're just checked out. Problem is, you're carrying that weight, and you've got this weight. And of course, Apple's making it sound like you get some headphones on, man, you have no weight. You're just jamming, you know. And then he goes on with our headphones on. I don't want to be the one who tries to figure it out. I don't need another reason. I shouldn't care about you. God, 
listen to this. I, you don't want to know my story. You don't want to know my pain. We're living in a heavy, heavy world. And there's a pop song in my head, you know, got my headphones on. To me, this is a, a sad song. It's really sad. It's, it's a song where people to survive are having to cover themselves and, and just la, 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 not listen. And it's a song about our tendency to look the other way in the midst of extremely difficult things rather than to take on the difficult thing and overcome it or accomplish it. Mm-hmm. We're burying it. And when you bury something, it's still there. You know, and, and over time that thing will get some rotten stench to it and it'll be still there and it'll be infectious and, and, and horrible. And and in this song, the band captures the sense of what Micah was confronting. He's saying, it is just rotten there. And you people are running around like you got your headphones on. Yeah. But God is paying attention. I mean, Micah's a heavy hearted, uh, sad hearted, trying to speak to us and the world is not listening because had they listened, they could have repented. God would have come back, but they don't. And we end up with remnant only. And God is like, it's like, I'm trying to talk to you guys, but you got your headphones on. Mm -hmm. And Micah was preaching to the fallen kingdoms of Judah and Israel and telling them basically they were all living with their headphones on drowning out God. And it's a very modern take on it. I know, but I'm, I'm going to use this connection and just say, maybe we are so busy, busy, busy and hooked on noise, noise, noise that we just can't seem today to focus on what we need to most of all. And that's God. Mm-hmm. Excuse me. Gosh. Right. And we can't focus on the friends of God, our, 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 our brothers and sisters and people that are suffering. We've got our headphones on. They got their headphones on. Nobody's working through anything. There's just people, with a lot of pain. No wonder suicide, uh, suicide amongst teens is so high cutting, teens cutting themselves, mm-hmm. injuring themselves. I mean, using uh, drugs and stuff to escape reality. And we're way past, in 2009, it was put the headphones on. We're past the headphones. Mm-hmm. We're doing so many other things to sedate ourselves. We're hooked on everything. And now, gosh, 2009, you couldn't get marijuana at every corner. Now you can go get you some marijuana and just chill. Just grab the vibes, listen to the headphone song. It doesn't change the fact that we're rotten to the core underneath it. Yeah. And people really, they can cover it with the sound of beats, but deep down they know they need hope and hope doesn't come. Eventually the music stops playing. And uh, I just think to see Apple flip that song, what's so tragic because that song was written to kind of get our attention, not actually to bury us farther. And Apple says, let's get some headphones. So I, I mean, I'm not mad at Apple about it, but I mean, they, you know, the, some marketing guy thought, great song, we'll use verse two, you know? They didn't mean anything, some, some guy had a vision for that, but they meant somehow when they were writing that song and they were listening to that song, they forgot to understand what the purpose of the song was mm-hmm. and it really came out different. But don't you think we do that too? Micah was trying to get our attention and it came out different. So let, let's take a look at Micah chapter two. We got a little bit to do there. Uh, Micah chapter two, what sorrow awaits you who lie? We're still in the rebuke guys. Chapter one and into chapter two, all the way through 11 are rebuke. What sorrow uh, awaits you who lie awake at night, thinking up evil plans. You rise at dawn and hurry to carry them out simply because you have the power to do so. When you want a piece of land, you find a way to seize it. We have that happening today. Yeah. The government does that today. When you want someone's house, you take it by fraud and violence. That's Micah. It could happen today. No. You cheat a man of his property, stealing his family's inheritance. Guys, that's Micah. But guys, there's a commercial running on almost every 
podcast show out today about you, how you got to get security life for your home title lock because somebody will come and steal the title to your home and you won't even know it. Grandma can wake up and find out somebody went out and filed a quick claim deed against their house. And when grandma dies, you found out you don't own her house. It's been mortgaged by somebody else. Secure your title, get mortgage lock today you know, dot com. You know, we could be running that on the, on the dock. We could get paid to run stuff like that because people are out there exploiting people's mm -hmm. home ownership, mm -hmm. literally stealing their homes, che cheating a family from the inheritance from that. Uh, so I know this is Micah, but you can feel this today. Goes on, it says, but this is the what the Lord says. The Lord's gonna tell you what's gonna happen. This is, <laughs> this is what the Lord says. I will reward your evil with evil. So God's gonna take what you've sowed bad and he's gonna pile on top of it. You won't be able to pull your neck out of the noose. You will no longer walk around proudly for it will be a terrible time. Guys, times aren't good now. Man, you, man, I have to tell you this. I don't mean this bad. I, I think I wanna go back and buy me some headphones. It's so bad now, Christians are putting headphones on, mm -hmm. trying to put our head down to ignore what's going on. But I hate to tell you, it doesn't work. It's still going on. Mm -hmm. You know, and, and maybe they don't get you this week or next week, but it's gonna eventually affect us. So we gotta make a stand. We'll find out how to do that. In that day, your enemies will make fun of you by singing the song of despair about you. We are finished, completely ruined. God has confiscated our land, taking it from us. Look at this. He has given our fields to those who has betrayed us. You know, we turned our back on our nation to some extent and how God blessed it. And we're seeing the nation come under other controls. Man, we don't even, right now, economically, you know, people don't know this, but I have an econ finance degree. And what's sad is we were, up until about 20 years ago, we were a, a um, I guess the word would be a creditor nation. We helped every other nation exist. We rebuilt nations, we funded this, we created uh, in this kind of mass industry. We, we trained people, we equipped people, we made stuff. And now in 2022, we almost make nothing in this country. We, yeah. we, we're not a, a making country. We're kind of more of a service country and a, a little bit of tech development country, but, but we don't really make anything. And we're no longer a creditor nation where everybody wants the dollar. We are actually now the nation with the highest debt in the world. We have a debt now right now of over like almost $32 trillion. It, the number is so huge that if, you, if somebody was able to do it, take 32 trillion and divide it by say 350,000 or, or 400 million. When you divide that out, maybe if one of you have a calculator, you can do that, but it's a lot of zeros. I mean, it's like, it's more money. It's like every child, it's in the $100,000 range that every person on this United States you know, map would have to cough up to meet that debt. It's undoable. You know, we have a nation whose average income is 60, 70,000 mean. That means the whole household only has an income of 60, 70,000 mean, okay? How do you pay for every one of your kids, Donna? Each one in your household, you pay the equivalent of maybe a hundred plus thousand. I'd like to look at that number real quick, but, but the, the number is huge. It's undoable. The debt right now, because of what our debt is, is greater than what we possibly could ever pay off. Yeah. So we are no longer a debtor nation. We're, we're, we're no longer a creditor nation. We're a debt nation, which means really we are almost to the point where people don't want to buy our bonds and we can't hardly blow money and money, inflation's going up and we're seeing gas prices high right now. And we are being completely ruined by the philosophies of our modern day. We are finished completely run. He says, verse four, God has confiscated our lands, taking it from us. He has given our fields to those who betrayed us. Others will set your boundaries then. Man, we're in control by other people today. And the Lord's peoples will have no say. 
is how the Lord's people have no say in how the land is divided. It's almost like the banks in the world and the world monetary system, everything else is in control and God's people are not in control. And so this whole text of Micah chapter two, verses one through five kind of is a rebuke. It's rebuking us. It's rebuking the leaders who have been in charge of the nation, both politically and religiously. Uh, it's saying that we will be, we will all be held accountable based on how we've led, whether we have headphones on or not. Okay, I think that's the key. It speaks of uh, to God's way of dealing with disobedience. It's, it's calculated, intentional. God's saying, "I'm going to hold you accountable." We don't like the idea of God holding us accountable. It's a scary thing, but he's saying it's going to happen. And, and, and what, what, I mean, what can we learn? We can learn so much by uh, what, we, what we've seen in this. Um, let, me, let me find a text here I want to show you guys here. Um, I, I lost a text. So, so we can learn a lot from this. So, literally, look at verse 6. Let me do verse 6. We can really learn. Here it is, verse 6. Don't say such things, the people responded keep the headphones on right yeah we don't want trouble okay don't prophesy like that oh we don't we don't want to hear from the christians about what god's going to expect okay uh god 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 doesn't matter god doesn't really exist such disasters will never come oh no we'll always be wealthy should you talk that way oh family of israel will the lord's spirit have patience with such behavior if you would do what is right you would find my words comforting if we were doing what's right god we wouldn't be scared of this we wouldn't be wanting to go la, 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 la. The fact that the world wants to put headphones on right now is because we know how bad it is. Yet to this very hour, my people rise against me like an enemy. Instead of turning back to God, what he's saying is the people are putting more headphones on. They're digging their heads down farther. You steal the shirts right off the backs of those who trusted you, making them as, rag, ra, as ragged as men returning from battle. You have evicted women from their pleasant, their peasant, their pleasant homes, and forever stripped their children of all that God would give them. Up, be gone! Look at what God says. Up, be gone! God is going to hold. He's going to. We know what happens with the Assyrians. They fall. Judah falls. Israel falls to the Babylonians and and and, and the Assyrians. There's an up and be gone there. They're transplanted. They live in captivity. We know the story of Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, how they have to go live in the other world. And eventually they come back mm. 70 years later and begin to resettle and re-begin re to build with nothing. But God does his up and be gone thing. He says, he charges them and says, I'm going to do it. And up and be gone, he'll do it. This is no longer your land and home for you have filled it with sin and ruined it completely. Guys, when I explained to you that we were a creditor nation, that meant we owned our nation and everybody came to us to get help. When I tell you we're a debtor nation, that means everybody owns us and they expect us to pay them. So everything that, that would have been a blessing to our kids and our grandkids will be spent paying largely Chinese people that hold most of our bonds and securities. We'll be paying them interest. The interest payments are greater than what we spend on our own social security payments. I mean, it's unreal where we stand right now. We will not be able to afford to care for our parents and our grandparents, and our kids will not be able to be cared for because they'll be busy paying for the sins of their parents today. That's just a fact, you know? And, and we have turned our back on doing what's responsible. We've not followed God's will to, to be happy with what you have. We've sought everything but him, and we've literally... I mean, look what he says here, up be gone. There's no longer your land and home and you have filled it with sin and ruined it completely. Suppose a prophet full of lies would say to you, I'll preach to you the joys of wine and alcohol, 
That's just the kind of prophet you would like. So basically all that you've got left are preachers that are preaching to you what you want to hear. I, I mean, you know, they're telling you God's okay with this and God's okay with that. And God, God doesn't mind if you do this. God's changed his mind over here. And as a result, our society has fused in what people think into what God thought and something totally the others come out. And that thing is, unfortunately, it'll lead us to death. And Micah is prophesying it, but it happens. And unfortunately today, as that last line, let me back up that last line one more time. Suppose a prophet full of lies would say to you, a prophet would be a preacher. I'll preach to you the joys of wine and alcohol, that it's good for you to drink lots of that, put your headphones on, it's good for you to have lots of wine and alcohol, so you'll, you'll be numb for what's going on. That's just the kind of, you go, thank God, you know, the preacher's kind of, he's a little relaxed, we appreciate that, you know. It, you know, do smoke the dope, if you, if you, it, Marijuana is legal, so it's okay. I heard one of the people yesterday countering at the, uh, the at the council meeting uh, that was going to the city council meeting in uh, Carbondale about the about the abortion clinic. I heard one of the senses, one of the responses said, "Well, I'm a Christian too, but I'm a Christian who understands that we're supposed to obey our laws, and the state of Illinois has allowed abortion, so thus it's okay by God." <laughs> and I'm thinking, well, that's great. <laughs> I mean, it, it, I'm just glad that the state of Illinois has the ability to overrule. The King of Kings and the Lord it of Lords. Change his mind. Yeah, right. change, yeah, 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 yeah. The state said it, so it's okay for Christians because Christians are supposed to support their state. Right. In God we trust. All others pay cash. That's my theory. But 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 support, now it's like support your government as long as it doesn't counter God's law. And yes. I'm for praying for the state of Illinois and supporting my government, but I'm never going to bend my knee to something that's contrary to God. Oh. And, and what we need to do is we can pray that God will change the hearts of those in leadership. And it has to start with us because when somebody sits in that meeting and gives that rationale, it's not just the leader's fault. We all own it. Mike is saying everybody in Judah and Samaria is guilty of letting that happen to their nation. Mm. We're going to get in the next cycle to the leaders. He's going to blast the leaders. But he's saying we elect our leaders. We pick our leaders. Our leaders come from us. So in the, what he says in cycle one is we're all responsible. And we're getting the kind of preaching we like because we promote it. We like preaching that says, put your headphones on. We, we like it. And so I think it's powerful. Now, let me give us the hope here. We got to be real careful though, because like I said, it's unfortunate. A lot of Christianity has been secularly humanized and you're seeing churches fused in with uh, secular modern teachings and you're seeing a Bible come out that doesn't look like the one that we know, or you're seeing a theology come out of it that's been changed. And they've, op they've gone from a closed canon where the word has been spoken to an open canon that's open for reinterpretation. And we're seeing all kinds of new quote, Christian philosophies out there that aren't founded in Christ or founded in the Apostles' Creed or in the Word of God, but they're now founded on the, the ideas of men and women that have been mixed with that. And that's that synchronized theology that we're seeing. I think it's just as valid here now as it was in the time of Micah. Can you guys see that? Mm -hmm. Yes. I, I, I can too. Uh, let me show you the, the words of hope here. Let's get to that. Now, I told you there's only two verses of hope. If we didn't have the someday, I'd be nervous because if he said never a day, that would be means you and I don't have a chance. But someday, O Israel, I'll gather you. I'll gather the remnant back. We know that they come back eventually. I will bring you together like a sheep in a pen, like a flock in its pasture. And yes, your land will again be filled with noisy crowds. Your leaders will break out and lead you out of exile, out through the gates of the enemy cities, Babylon in that case. Later on, uh, Persia takes over, Cyrus takes over, and it's Cyrus who lets the Christians start to go back. Your leaders will break out and lead you out of exile, out through the gates of the enemy cities, back to your own land, and your king will lead you. The Lord Lord himself will guide you. And out of that return, eventually will come 400 years later, the birth of Jesus Christ. 
and there'll be another way. Jesus says, I'm the way and the truth and the life and no one comes to the Father except by me. There will be another path that comes and it will come out of the remnant that went back and began to restore uh, the Hebrew faith for the people of God. They have more troubles, they have more failures later on. We know that all goes kaput again and we know that Jesus is the restoration for us and we are in a stage again of not listening to God again not ourselves listening to Jesus again. We're fusing again with the world and the Canaanites of this day. And now we're in a nation and a world where we're beginning to look more like Micah than the time of Jesus. And we're beginning to get more distant and again, farther from God. And that all that's left in the Bible is that you see a time of perversion and a time of destruction. And then you see an accountability of God. And it's the Christians that will be faithful, that will be the ones that offer hope and plant the last stand for the gospel. That's our mission. Our mission is to present hope to people and help people find another way. And the Bible says it's a narrow way, not a wide way. I hate to say it. I like to think the whole world will get saved and I want the whole world to get saved. And God wants the whole world to get saved. He, he died for it. But realistically, he knows that people's wills are theirs. Mm -hmm. yeah. And it's going to be funner and more exciting to hear preaching about enjoy your alcohol and your sin and, and your, 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 your marijuana and, and, and preaching that says, just put your headphones on. It's going to be cool. It, it's a much more funner to just let it Katie bar the door than it is to let God manage your life and bar your door and do what he says. And I think that's a powerful, powerful thing that he says there is going to be a group that comes up. Now, who is this group that comes back? It's the group that remains pure. It's the group that remains unsynchronized. They're not synchronized. And right now, if you go look at that March, uh, May 24th meeting, we were told that people that have a biblical philosophy, one of the city councilmen, Luce said it, his name's Luce, look him up. He says that Christians, pastors that lead a philosophy of biblical faithfulness are grifters. He said that People that follow a biblical traditional view on life, that God would support life, and God would support regular values that we would see as Christian values, he says that we are basically extremists and we're worse than Al-Qaeda. He said worse than Al-Qaeda. Can I share what a sure. grifter means? Yeah, what's a grifter mean? A person who engages in petty or small-scale swindling. So, so if we preach the Bible, then we're swindling. I'm, I'm, you're basically, if I preach that we should live by the Bible and then we say, hey, by the way, we're collecting our tithes for this week, I'm grifting off that money to continue to preach a swindleless. Well, the usage uh, example is I saw him as a grifter who preys upon people. So I'm, I, I'm preying upon people. And, and it, he's not just calling the preachers a grifter. He would be calling who a grifter? Because Moses one time, they're like, well, Moses, your people. And Moses, no, not my people. I work for God. So talk to the big guy. If you're calling the under shepherds grifters, who are they grifting for? They're grifting for God. Mm -hmm. right. So who are you really calling a grifter? The Lord God Almighty. And all I want to say is, Lord, have mercy on anybody that would call preachers of the gospel of Jesus Christ. And I, I grant you, we've got story after story of preachers out there that are having affairs, doing bad things. Uh, the Hillsong thing, disastrous. Yeah. I, th there are always going to be people mm -hmm. that fell us. I mean, there were 12 disciples. Jesus was in charge and there was Judas. Right. Jesus himself could not stop Judas from being Judas. You know why? Yeah. God gave us free will. And you can put your headphones on if you want to. You can do what you want to. Adam and Eve had free choice and they ate the fruit. 
There's consequences to There's that. There's consequences free, to that. Free will. Mm-hmm. There are preachers out there that are grifting. I, I'll buy that. But to call somebody preaching the word of God a grifter for preaching the word of God means that Jesus's words are grifting words. Mm-hmm. That God's words of life are grifting words. And I'll tell you what, I don't even know how to get to it. I'll have to get the, t- they quoted something in numbers. One of, one of the people said that you can't be against abortion because in numbers it tells the priestly rabbis or the, there's not even a rabbi in in numbers. In, in numbers, you got the priest. I don't know why you use a rabbi or something. And there's no rabbis till much later, you know, that, that way. But he tells them, numbers tells people how to properly do an abortion the priestly way. Guys, I've been reading numbers every year for 30 years. Hmm. I have never seen any plan by which the priest can properly perform an abortion. <laughs> the people literally are rewriting the text and, and they, they believe we're dumb enough that we won't have read it to, to tell us what our own Bible says to us. And I'm like, this guy said that in a meeting that's being recorded. Guys, we have got to be pure. We've got to be grace-filled as we do that. And we've got to be unsynchronizing in our attitude but we've gotta be faithful to helping people understand. We know you have a right to choose. And his promise is granted to those uh, with new hope who are faithful and true. Now church, the God of scriptures always leaves a remnant to carry on. If you watch this in the Bible, he always says there'll be some people's knees who won't bow, they won't kiss the idol. There'll be always leaves a remnant to bring forth the gospel. And Micah is prophesying that God would be withdrawing his protection from Israel, that they would go through a mass destruction event. And I I guess I want to ask the question as we close out this episode, has God withdrawn yet his protection from me and you, from us as his church, from the U.S., a nation who claims, we, we claim to be one nation under God, but we've really gone away from being a nation under God to one who spends a lot of his time apologizing for what God said. So will you and I, will, will, will we be, um, I guess the question, will we be his remnant? Are we willing to, to, to be like a Daniel in the midst of the wilderness and say, you know, Nebuchadnezzar, I'm not going to bend my knee. I can respect you. I can appreciate your free will, mm-hmm. and but I'm not going to do this. And this may mean someday I I can't live in the state of state of Illinois. I'm going to try to live here as long as I can because I think as long as I can be here and offer hope in Christ, that I want to change people. I may have to move across to Missouri and and come over here to do the gospel. But as for me and my house, we're going to serve the Lord as long as we can here without compromising. The question we have to ask is: Are we will will we be will we do it unadulterated? I guess that's the question. Or, or will we be synchronized? Will we be formed into what the world wants us to have? We've got to make some decisions. And the unadulterated, unashamed plan of Jesus Christ is that we would live for him. That God so loved us that he gave his only begotten church for, self for us, that whoever believes in him could be his church. And, and we've got, he gave it all so we would give it all to him. And we've got to make some decisions. Micah chapter one, the first cycle and two, basically say God's had enough of this, but he's gonna keep a remnant there to plant the seed in the next generation. Are we gonna have some remnant here that will help us get the gospel to come back and have revival? Will we see a renaissance of faith in our grandkids? I hope so. 
I think God's raising up some kids that are gonna be pretty powerful in the next generation. I can't even imagine, I mean, I, I faced a time when, when even when we were walking away from a lot of Christian things, they were still the majority of, of people willing to support you. At least the older people were all on your side. Yeah, it's a good, good, good young kid, you know? Now we're at the age where all of us older people were all the hippies who gave all that stuff away. And so now the kids that will be walking at us that'll be excited for Jesus will not deal with an old, old folks that support them. They're gonna deal with, deal with mature elders that will curse them. Our kids have an uphill battle yeah. to stand for God. We need to be praying for our kids and our young people today. Yeah. To, just to make a stand for Jesus Christ today will cost you everything, it can cost you your job, it can cost you everything. And we need to be willing to do that. We need to be willing to stand our ground. I found that scripture in Numbers. You need to check that out so you can rebuke that at a, at a later time. I, I, I want to do that. Will you help mm -hmm. me with that? Yeah. I do. I want to take a look at that. I okay. found it. Yeah, thank you very much. Mm -hmm. And we'll try to get that number. I'd like to get that number on the debt ratio. Maybe we can do that before part three and, and try to come up with that. Hey, thanks so much. We're going to be back in the next episode. It's going to be great. We're going to keep this going. We're going to get into cycle number two in Micah chapter three, verses one through 12. We'll dig into that. Hope you'll join us for that. If you've got any comments, hey, come reach out to us. We'd love to hear it. Uh, Lucas will put up our social media links for you and you can get to us on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, uh, Telegram, and Getter. Is that right? Those are the ones, Donna. Mm -hmm. So if you want to put those up to us, uh, we, we've got those available to you. We'd love to hear your comments and maybe your feedback on this and uh, just talk with us about those things. We'd love to to hear from it. So check out those social media sites and do that. And you can join us at onthedoc.org anytime and find our platforms and links and all that stuff. Info at onthedoc.org. You can email us those questions or comments. And there you see all of our platforms along with our social media, Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, Telegram, and Getter. We'd again, love to hear from you there. Get online with YouTube, subscribe, hit like, be a hit that notification bell so we can be a part of the team. We'd love to see, help us push our numbers up and listen to us as well on Spotify and iTunes and our other partners there as well. And we're glad to have you here. We have four partnership levels and three sponsorship levels. We'd love to have you be a part of the program. And we would always love to have you at Community Faith Church if you don't have a church home. We meet on Sundays at 10 o'clock, Wednesdays at 6.30, and you can check us out at coftv.com. We have all our information about our church there, as well as embedded viewers and links to all the ways in which you can watch us, whether it's on Facebook or YouTube or uh, Rumble now. We're on Rumble and SermonNet. We're, we're hoping to be on Getter here real soon. So check that out. We'd love to have you if you don't have a church home. We'll be back in part four. Thank you, Donna. And we're going to come back and we'll give us, we'll take on numbers in the next session. And Mother Beth, you're a little too quiet this time. I'll talk more next time. And Lucas, thank you so much. And we'll be back soon. Uh, we Thank you for joining us for this incredible series. Micah Live Humbly. We'll see you back for the next episode. I'm Pastor Troy.